great. Yes, Pete, just about on that saxophone thing. You know, you're right, because the Lord has been reminding me, Richard, come on, pick up that saxophone again. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I was just on the internet, just trying to find some courses. And, and we went to, Lest we went to um, um, somewhere in Leicestershire. And um, there's a, a pamphlet there, it's adult education. And lo and behold, there's about training, sax and scratch, it was called, Ref those who want to refresh and go back into, you know, learning themselves how to play the saxophone. So just perfect timing. And it's only, it was only a, a fraction of the price, about 17 quid. So I thought, yes, Lord, that's it. I'm starting it. Yeah, that's right. So um, I'm back on, I'm going to be starting my courses back again. So on the saxophone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so um, isn't it, the Lord is good, the Lord is good, and it's nice to see some new folks. Have we seen you guys before? So, well, you're welcome. Your name? And? Oh, come, please, wait. Let's say hello to these guys. Welcome, welcome, you're always welcome. Good, good. So, um... What I want to talk about today is the, um, part two of the spiritual warfare um, and that the battle belongs to the Lord. And we've also got a part to play. But the thing I want to encourage us all is that to remind ourselves that we are precious to God. You know, when we listen doing the worship today, I really sense that the Lord was dancing over us. You know, he's dancing over us. He delights in us. You know, Let's strip off all this religious stuff. Yeah. He delights in us. As a one-to-one, -one, you, know, you know, in a relationship, he delights in us. He wants to communicate with us. Yeah. He wants to talk about, you know, talk about, you know, how things are going. He takes great delight in your day-to-day -day activities. And you can take the Lord with him to work. and say, Lord, help me, you know, give me wisdom and strength. And I do enjoy taking the Lord to the work because it's a bit of, it's an adventure, you know. Good and bad, it's an, an adventure. And the, and the ugly, exactly. It's a, an adventure. So really always try to take the Lord with you because he wants to come along with you as well. He's interested in the day-to-day -day activities. And um, what um, I also recognise, you know, what I wish we should also appreciate is that he sings over us as well. Not only does he dance over us, he also sings over us. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says he, he praises, he sings over us. So we really do need to appreciate God sings over us. Not only did he show his love when he died on the cross for each one of us, he's still singing over us because he delights in us. So really please, please, please be encouraged that the Lord delights in you and that he, he wants to have more flesh with, with you. I always say this every time I come up here, but he truly does delight in you. So... Just want to get my iPad sorted out. Yes. Right then. Okay. So I've just already said that God delights in, in us. And we are also influential to God. We are of influence, you know, we can be influential to God. When he has a relationship with us, we are influential to him as well. And... Um, as part of the influence, he longs to hear our prayers. He longs to hear us when we pray. 
And when I say well, he likes to hear us and we pray, I'm not just talking about bless me, bless me, Lord. I hope you now we come to a place where we're quite mature, not just to seek prosperity gospel and just bless me, bless me kind of prayers. I think we're as a church beyond that, aren't we? But when he, we sincerely pray for the things that are on our hearts, on the things that are on his heart, he longs to hear our prayers and he delights in them. And so it just encourages more to spend time with him because he, we are of, of worth to him. He values us and he longs to hear our prayers. And not only that, you know, our names are known in heaven. We are known in heaven. Our names are known in heaven. You know, it's the, you, know you, you want to have your name in, known in heaven rather than just to have a big name on earth. You know, God is not interested in big names on the earth. You know, they, they think they can be influential here on the earth. But in God, they're nothing because it's only those who receive the Lord Jesus Christ are, are influential to him. He hears, he, you know, these are the people, who, you know, these are the ones who God sees and knows. He knows us because we have, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that, you know, he, our names are known in heaven and, and they are valued in heaven as well. And um, we can take, uh, you know, we can really appreciate that we are known in heaven and that we do not need to continue to try to drive to be influential on this earth because this earth in its current form is fading and, uh, you know, it's not eternal. You know, we don't need to try to be, try to be big in this, in this world because it's all fading away. But what we need to focus on is having a name that is known in heaven. That's where our true focus should be. So, um, you know, it really does count to spend that time with the Lord so that you, your, name, your name is in heaven and it's known more and more in heaven. Now, as I said that, you know, um, you know as I've said that we are influential to God and that God longs to hear our prayers. And um, one of the things that, you know, we all sometimes, you know, we're all trying to grow and mature in Christ, aren't we? We're all trying to develop and, and to grow. And one of the, one of the books I, I do enjoy, one of the stories I do enjoy is the story of Gideon. We all know, I'm sure we all know the story of Gideon, don't we? Um, we can read about Gideon in the book of Judges, um, chapter 6 to 8. Um, but one of the things about God is that, you know, I said that we are valued to him. And sometimes our estimation of ourselves is like here, where God sees us as here. You know the story of Gideon, where, you know, you know, you know Gideon had low esteem. He said, to, he said to himself, I'm the lowest of the tribe, of, and my tro- tribe is the lowest. He, he really had low self-esteem, didn't he? And that's how we can sometimes view our, ourselves, that we don't think we're that high, that important. You know, because we, sometimes we get too influenced by the things of this world. But we think we don't have much influence. But in God, we have a lot of influence. And that when he sees us, he doesn't see us as this low estimation of ourselves. He sees us as whom we really are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. You know, when God spoke to Gideon, he said to Gideon, mighty warrior, mighty warrior. And that's whom sometimes who God sees us as a mighty warrior as prophets, prophetesses, evangelists. He sees, of, he sees us because he died for us. We, he knows our worth. And it's so important that we should be, try to encourage one another of that person's worth, of whom we are in Christ. You know, when you look at somebody, you don't look at, you just look at their physical appearance, but try to discern what God has made that person to be. You know, so we can be, you know, 
just not go with our, on first appearance, but maybe in your spirit, you might hear that God says, this beautiful person, I've made her to be, you know, a prophetess or a warrior or a Nephilim killer or, <laughs> or one of many things. All right? and, and yet, you know, and we can, you know, so we can also value that person just as much God values that person. So we need to try to learn, to try to appreciate people uh, of who the, uh, what worth they are to God. Um, but the thing about, I like about, about God, how he treated Gideon. God was very patient, wasn't he, about Gideon. You know, Gideon, like I said, he had low self-esteem. Oh, low, low me, oh, I can't do anything, Lord. I'm the least, I can't, you can't, you can't use me. And yet God has already brought into his DNA to be a mighty warrior. He already built it in, into his DNA. I've already called you from day one. I've called you to be a mighty warrior. And that's what some of the things that God has put, put into some of you people here. Mighty warriors. Real men and women of God. That's whom God, when he sees you, that's how he sees you. You are a mighty warrior. You are mighty in my hands. And, and so many times we can just get subjected to the things how the world sees us. Sometimes we can just be downtrodden by the way, um, you know, people sees us. Um, but it, that's why I keep emphasising the fact it's so important that, you know, the people who know, you know, who know the Lord, you know, in, in meetings together, when we come to our fellowship, we lift that person up into their true potential, yeah. into their true worth. And we just need to continue to, Lord, what, is that, what have you said about that person? How can I encourage that person to get, to rise up into whom they are called to be? Alright, so... You know, I love the stories when people come in and, you know, oh, you know, how they grow and, and, and just blossom, aren't they? You know, somebody who might come in, have come out from the, out of the world and then come into God's kingdom and um, they don't value themselves, but God does. And we can encourage that person. And how beautiful it is to see that person really mushroom and blossom and blossom and become a really beautiful person in Christ. And then they realise, I am that person who God called me to be. How great it is for that per- when we see the changes in somebody, and, and it's for me it's really encouraged to see that. And um, so that's one of the things I did like about the story of Gideon: how God was patient with Gideon, and I'm sure He's been patient with each one of us, hasn't He? We all know how the Lord has been patient with each one of us, so that we can rise up into our maturity. So that's what we need to encourage one another: that they we was they would rise up to their maturity. And that we may need to push them along sometimes. Like, God, God, Lord had to do so many things, didn't he, with Gideon? He had to, you know, um, you know, at the beginning he wanted the fleece. Oh, Lord, if you're with me, just give me the fleece to demonstrate that when the fleece goes wet and the, and the weather's warm, that, you know, you're in the, you know, you're a sign that you're with me. And then as he continued his journey um, into knowing that he's a mighty warrior, how the Lord had to put, give him prophecies you know, as, as he met somebody on the journey where somebody prophesied about a, a dream they had about a, a, barley, a barley cake being thrown into, the, into their enemy's camp and how that barley cake just smashed that camp. And again, that, you know, when um, um, Gideon heard that, you know, was given that picture, he knew that that related to him and how that again encouraged him to get to his net level, to say, yes, Lord, you are with me, you are with me. And that's how we need to be. I, I know the Lord is with me. I know the Lord is with me. And sometimes the dreams and the visions you've had, you, we can be, you know, encouraged to know that the Lord is with me on my journey to reach to my maturity. Because God wants each one of us to really mature into who he really has called us to be. So, again, 
it's just an important thing to, in, in, you know, to encourage one another. Yes. Now, I said that um, you know, God knows whom your true worth and God knows whom, you, whom he has called you to be. But sometimes, the, well, not sometimes, the enemy also knows whom you have called, whom God has called you to be, doesn't he? And, um, and in the book of Judges, verses 8 to 18, chapter, chapter yeah, chapter, Judges chapter 8, verse 18, it basically tells about a story. You know, if you know about the story of the, the Gideon, Gideon was obviously... God used, raised up Gideon to fight against the, the armies fighting against the Jewish people at the time. And that um, Gideon won, you know, won a, a great battle in that he managed to capture two kings. The two kings were Zeba and Zalmana. These were the Midian kings whom Gideon was able to capture. And um, Gideon asked them the question, um, and we can read that in Judges 8, verses 18. Gideon asked him the question, the, the two kings that he had captured. And I'll just read it out, out for you. He said to them, what kind of men were they whom you killed at Tabor? Because these are the Midian, um, the Midian kings who have been killing other kings and prince and princesses. And um, he, so like I said, Gideon asked the question, what kind of men were they whom you killed at Tabor? So they answered, as you are, so were they. Each one resembled the son of a king. So if you just, that's a, the type where in the, in the spiritual realm, that God, you know, the enemy knows whom you have called to be, whom you have called to be. And just like um, God had called um, Gideon to be a mighty warrior, to be a prince, also his enemy was also knowing that he was also called to be a prince because he, you know, it's, he was able to, he realised that his potential, his worth, and that's why the enemy was trying to use, to kill um, Gideon, to try to destroy him, to, so that he would not reach his full destiny and purpose. And that's sometimes what we, you know, we need to, all, that's a reason again why we need to keep encourage one another, because the enemy knows who your, your true worth and your value and who you're called to be. And sometimes the enemy can just really pick people off, isn't he? You know, we figure that some of the people, the Christians who have been walking the walk, and yet we don't see them any longer. And sometimes that could be the reason behind that is because the enemy has has picked them off. Um, You know, this is why I'm going to try to get them things off this world or what I'm going to do, I'm going to target them so they don't keep, so they don't reach their full potential and full worth. And it's really sad. And again, it's just an emphasis of the need to just to pray for our prodigals, just to pray for those who once were walking the Lord, to just to pray for them, to remind, you know, to pray for them that they would come back into the fold, and that they would come back into the, their full worth in, in God. So it's a sad, it's sad. It's not a thing. Oh well, they've chosen that path. No, the enemies probably picked them off so that they would not reach their full worth and potential. So we need to make sure that we have a heart that continues to pray for them that they would come back into the fold and they'll be used how God planned them to be used. So that's always a reminder, just to encourage us to keep praying for, the, for the, those who have lost. Now, another source of encouragement about you know, the story of Gideon is that God used Gideon and 300 men as a remnant of people 
to destroy the works of the enemy in terms of the, the battles that they had. They were fighting against many armies, the Midianites and other Ike's armies who are fighting against the Jewish people, against the Jewish army. And that, if you remember the story, that you know, God said, I want to reduce the number of people, number of um, ones in the military down to a small number so that I, God, would get the, all the glory and the praise in terms of winning the battle over their enemies. So another story, the, the good news about the story about Gideon is that only God only needs to use a remnant of people for him to display his power and his might into destroying the works of the enemy. So it's not the big army, but it's God using the finite people whom he can use to wage war against his enemies. And again, this is in the spiritual realm, isn't it? I know how we can relate this story in terms of a small, a small army fighting, you know, the, the, you know, this small remnant of people fighting mighty armies. We can think about that in the story of the Battle of Britain, don't we? Yeah. How we, we saw the Spitfires yeah. coming against the, uh, the Nazi the army. And how, you know, they had many victories in the past. They won in Poland, they won in uh, Holland, they won in France. And then it's Britain turn, the Battle of Britain, as they say. And then, uh, you know, we had a, f- a small troop of um, Spitfires built by Merlin engines, Rose Voice Merlin engines, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we know the story, don't we? How a small team of Spitfires managed to f- defeat the German army in, in, in terms of the air, air battle. And eventually they turned, you know, the, the, the uh, Nazi army turned around and, and, and the Battle of Britain was won for a time being. And that's how God wants to use a remnant of people, his people, Absolutely. the likes of you and I, yeah. to fight against the battle we, fight, face, we face in today's One world. More time, Lord. One more time, One indeed. More time. And that's what God wants us, to, that's the people that God wants to use, a remnant of people who are passionate for the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. who have that Joshua and Caleb spirit. Yes. That means flowing in the Holy Spirit, yes. full of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that our God reigns. Amen. And that's whom God wants to use, a remnant of people, yes. the likes of you and I. And um, the thing about the story of um, Gideon, if you remember, when they have to fight against their enemies, all they needed to do at the start of the battle, all they needed to do was to, just to stand their ground and blow the trumpets. In terms of the battle, all, that's all they needed to do. They, all they needed to do was to stand their ground and blow the trumpet. And then God started to fight on their behalf and he caused confusion in the enemy's camp. You know the story in the book of Judges. He's the one who caused the confusion. And their job was relatively straightforward, wasn't it? It is a matter of all they needed to do was to praise the Lord effectively, was to worship him and to praise the Lord because the battle belonged to the Lord. So that's what we can also be encouraged as well. But like like Jalob and Caleb, they have to be obedient. We have to be obedient to what the Lord might want want us to do as well. So, so let's be reassured that when God sees us, he sees us as mighty warriors. He sees us as princes and prince, prince and princesses. We are value to God and that God longs to hear our prayers. Our prayers are valuable to God. Don't think just because when you pray, I'm just one of, oh Lord, it's just me. No, it's not just you. He pay, paid a, pres- a high price 
for have that intimate relationship with you. So it's not just you. He values you. He really does. And he values your prayers. So don't think your prayers are small. Okay? And, um, and like I said, he can use us just like how he used um, Gideon. He's full worth. He's a mighty warrior. Now, also something which is very similar to um, Gideon is Esther. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole story of Esther now. But just, if you remember, Esther also had low beginnings, just like um, Gideon had low, humble beginnings. Esther also had low, humble beginnings, wasn't, didn't she? If you remember her story, she eventually rose up to be a princess. Not, in the, not only in the king's eyes, but in God's eyes, she became a princess in God's eyes. And again, for you ladies or for you men, <laughs> we are princes and princesses, aren't we? And that's how God values us again. The story of Gideon, you mighty warrior. The story of Esther, you princess, you have influence in the king's courts. You have influence. He longs to hear your prayers. Just like we hear the story of Esther when she came into the courtyard with the king. He held up her, the king held up the, his scepter for the princess. That's how God holds out his scepter for us because he longs to hear our prayers. He longs to know what's on our hearts in terms of prayer. And like I said, not just selfish prayers, but, you know, prayers of true concern. So, like I said, we are princes and princesses, but we also have responsibilities. And I'm going to touch on, th- on that in a moment. Right. I'm now going to switch. So I've just explained to you that we are value to God. Our prayers are of, of value to God. I'm now going to just do a quick switch, okay, in terms of God's army. So that you realise whom we have fighting for us. So I've just said to you our prayers of influence, and this is whom God's army. This is God's. I'm going to give you a summary, a quick summary of God's army. So this is God's army. We hear a lot about the you know the enemies, but we don't want to hear about that. This is God's army because our God far exceeds the, the enemies. The, you know the enemies camp. So just a quick summary. We have the Father God. God of the, the, the I am, the God of the, nothing is impossible for him. Absolutely nothing is impossible for him. We have Jesus Christ. We have King, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We have the Lord Jesus, who has triumphed over Satan. In Colossians 2, verse 15, it says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. So Jesus Christ has triumphed over Satan. It talks about God's army. It talks about there are, you know, when Satan fell, he fell and a third of his demons went with him, didn't it? So that means there are two thirds of God's warriors, God's angels, still with the Lord. One third fell with with the devil, but two thirds remained. So there's one third to two thirds, so our God, in terms of numbers, far exceeds that of the enemy by one third to two thirds. We have more angels working with the Lord than with the enemy. The majesty of God's angels are much greater than Satan's um, demons. There are many, many warrior angels in heaven fighting on God's behalf. Um, we read in 2 Samuel 
um, chapter 23, verse 8 to 38, we read about David's mighty men, don't we? In the, in the book of um, Samuel, 2 Samuel 23, 8 to 38, we read about David's mighty men. And David's mighty men are a type of warrior angels in heaven. So when you read that book, 20, Samuel 2 Samuel 23, verses 8 to 38, it talks about David's mighty men. They are a type of warrior angels in heaven. Okay, so when you read it, read it in, in, that, in that light, it gives you an understanding of what kind of mighty warrior angels there are in heaven. Some of the mighty men of valor it talks about, it talks about Anion, who killed 300 men in a single battle. So if you, were, if you relate that into the spiritual realm, it talks about how this angel can kill 300 demons. This is the kind of angels we have in, a, in heaven. It talks about what, another one, one, another of David's mighty men is Eliezer, who pulled off a great victory against the Philistines. So he's one person who's able to pull off a great victory against the Philistines. And it also talked about Shammah, who fought off and protected a piece of land against the Philistines. So, you know, they had a land and uh, the, the Philistines were trying to capture this piece of land, but they couldn't do so because of this... this um, warrior called Shammah, who's able to protect that land. And if you think about that in the spiritual realm, I wouldn't mind him having a look at over my house. Eh? Long eating. <laughs> he, can, he can look at over my house, he can protect my house in long eating, can't he? You know? So these are the angels we have. These, 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 these David's mighty men are warrior angels. They're a type of warrior angels in heaven. And so these we have working for us. These are the type of warrior angels we have in heaven. And um, I wanted to quickly relay a story to you, you know, um, Brother Sadhu um, taught a beautiful story where he's able to visualise the spiritual battle that was taking place in heaven. I might have said this before, but I think it's worth repeating again. I'll just quickly explain to you. What happened was, is that obviously, those who don't know Brother Sadhu, he's a, a prophet in India, a real, a real mighty God will really honour in this church. And um, what happened was, is that he's, he, he, he's based in India, and the Lord told him to fast for three days. Just, he didn't know the, the reasons why, but the Lord just said, I need you to fast for three days. So he, in, in, in obedience, he just fasted for three days. And then he received a letter from a, you know, a, a family in India who were having real hard times. Because what happened was, is that you know, they, they, had, they had a baby girl, or a boy, I wasn't sure which one, they had a little child, and... That, this child was getting um, diarrhoea or vomiting, was being very sick. And then the mother was also having real problems. Um, you know, she's getting strong headaches. And they were having a really hard times as a small family. And what it, it basically, what happened was, is that they had next to them as neighbours, somebody who's in, like a high Hindu priest. And basically what they said was, well, we... we we know we don't think much of you, of your gods, and all these gods you've got, you know, in your house, in your garden. So they just rubbish. He's gods, and he and what he said was right. Because of that, I'm going to curse you and you, curse you as a family. So obviously that's what he, he did. He got his he unfortunately got his demons to curse this family, and that's why they're having a real hard time. So anyway, they relay this in a, in a letter to Brother Sadhu, say, we need your help, please help us. We're, we're facing this, all this sickness and, and, and this is the reason why. And this is the reason why. So Brother Sadhu received this letter 
And, the, and he really re, immediately realized that this is the reason why he was fasting for three days. So the Lord Jesus told him, right, I want you to go to this family and to be with them. And so in obedience, Brother Sadie said, okay, he went to this family and said, I'm going to support you, I'm going to pray for you, to help you in this battle. Because he knew that they'd been cursed. So he just waited on the Lord Jesus and he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, just wait on me and I'll and I show you what you need to do. So this is what happened. You're going to get excited by this. An angel came down. When he was in this house, an angel came down and said, I am ready, sir. And he said this to Brother Sadhu. And then the Lord, and, the, and Brother Sadhu, what, what? You know, obviously he, he walks, he works, in the, you know, in the spiritual realm, so he's used to all this. So an angel came, to, like a real commando, a real commando. You know, a bit like myself, no, no. <laughs> I'm <only> joking. <laughs> Dream on. In the spiritual realm, that's who it could be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, this real commando. I am ready, sir. And Baba Sadhu didn't know what to do. He said, what? What, what, what are you come here for? I've come for the fight, sir. And then Brother said, okay, okay. So then he asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what should I be doing? And the Holy Spirit said, command him to go into this battle. Because he was the chief commander, and they're going to start to do a battle in heaven between those demons that were fighting, you know, that were affecting the family. They were going to go into the spiritual realm and have this battle, because the battle was in the spirit. And um, so he, the Holy Spirit said, you need to let him, command him to go. And then, and then, so Brother Sadhu said to the angel, the commander, you know, the, the warrior angel, go, you know, basically, he said, go. And then he left, he went straight back up into heaven, and, uh, Brother, and uh, Brother Sadhu was able to see on, it's like a HD screen of what the battle was happening in the heavenly realm. And so he, he, one minute he was there, and then he went up into the second heaven, he went into the heavens, and he's able to see. And, and the Lord said, all you need to do is just to praise me. All you, that's all you need to do, lift up your hand and praise me. That's all you need to do. So, that angel went up. And he, with him, he had a, a, an army with him. He was the, like the commander. So he went up, and, he's, and his warrior angels with him accompany him. So you can imagine the warrior angels, you know, God's warrior angels, versus the demons that are fighting. They said, right, we're going to go for a battle. So, you know, he had a sword. He was really... Really, a real commander. So they went up into the heavenly realm for this battle, and he could see it all. And all he was always doing, just praising the Lord, always just praising the Lord. And he can see this battle taking place. And this battle went for about an hour, you know, UK, you know, human time. And then he saw that God's army, God's, you know, troops, you know, defeated all the demonic realms, you know, that was taking place. And the chief demon who was fighting the, you know, against his family, this angel took off his head, slapped his head off. And then when that happened, that battle was won in the heavenly realms. And then what happened was this, uh, this commander came back to Barasadu, said, the battle has been won, sir. And that's what he said, like a real, the battle has been won, sir. And then, and then Barasadu said, what do I need to do? He said, just tell him, thank you, know, just not thank you, just say, you can go now, basically. He said, you can go now. He said, you can go now. That's it, complete. 
all right? And that battle was fine. And needless to say, after that, they never had any problems. They, their, their family recovered. They got fully healed. Amen. Amen. But this is what sort of the spiritual battle that's taking place, okay? And this is what God's army are all about in the heavenly realms. So, but also, you know, and um, not only that in, that, in that village in India, it's that, that chief priest, you know, that, that, you know, that high priest, priest you know, he, he was judged by God. There's another tale. He was judged by God. And basically, the curse that came up, he tried to put onto that family, came on him. And that he died of a real, you know, real sickness to the body. And that, you know, that's, unfortunately, that's the battle, you know. And, and, but out of that, the people realised that our God is reigns, that our God is greater. So they written that as a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ in that village to see what took place. And obviously through that, the Lord Jesus Christ and many people wanted to know the Lord Jesus. So this is a flavour of the sort of battle that is taking place in the heavenly realms. So, so that's God's army, as I've just described to you. So, I've just said two things. I've said, we are of influence and value to God in our prayers, and we have God's mighty army waiting. So, what do we need to do? We need to put them together, don't we? We need to get God's army working for us, isn't it? Yes? Because, like I said to you, we are prince and princesses. We are royalty. And that's how we need to value ourselves. We are royalty to the Lord Jesus. So, and, you know, and I've also explained to you that God's army far, far exceeds Satan's army. Yes. And, and does it not say in the book of Matthew 28, verse 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So Jesus Christ, he has won. He has won that authority. All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. He holds all that. He holds the keys. When he went down into the, you know, the, to pick up those keys from the enemy, he won those keys for us. And all authority on heaven and earth belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. So with that, shouldn't we realise as a church... Uh, the influence we, we, we should be having with the Lord Jesus Christ, the influence we, sh we should be having in this world. The question um, I have is, through the Lord Jesus Christ, are we using our influence with him to put his angelic host to work to advance his kingdom and seek justice? Through the Lord Jesus Christ, are we using our influence with him to put his angelic host to work to advance his kingdom and, and justice? Are we making a, an impact to the communities around us? One of the things that saddens my heart at the moment is in London, if you heard the recent stubbings, recent stubbings, that's increased significantly. What I suspect is happening there is that a portal has been created somewhere. That is a demonic portal has been happening, has been opened up. And that is why we're seeing these reckless killings taking place, the stubborn's increasing. These are some of the things where I believe if we learn to wait upon the Lord, learn to wait on him in worship and in praise and to wait upon him, what he would say to us, he's able to give us the download in terms of the enemy's strategies and how we can defeat the enemy's strategies. He's looking for people who are willing and who are obedient and are not time limited to wait upon him and to say, Lord, what, is, what are you seeing? 
What are you seeing, Lord? How can we really make an effect in our communities? How can you use us in our, you know, to see your kingdom advance? He's waiting for the church to see his kingdom come because he has a big army waiting to be used because he's won that. He, he is the author. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. But sometimes he's not hearing the prayers of his saints. He's not hearing the prayers of his people. Unfortunately, he sees the enemy's attacks, activities, but we should be countering that with our prayers and petition, just like Esther or just like Gideon. We're able to, we're able to petition him and say, Lord, send out your mighty army to defeat some of the injustices that we see in society today, to defeat some of the things that we, we see in society. One of the things that saddened me was about the tra- child trafficking. How come it's only come to light now when it's been going on for years? Yeah, well, just generally, not just in Derby, it's in various places in the UK. Yeah. Tried to, it's, it's been exposed recently, hasn't it? But my question was, Lord, why has it only just now been exposed? Why wasn't we awake as, as a church, you know, not as, you know, as churches, to hear your voice? Because you see these things happening. You were seeing these things happening. Why weren't you able to speak to your churches to, to reveal some of the things the enemy was doing? and then we can bring justice to those areas or bring exposure to those things. And um, so I just believe that God is just waiting. He's just waiting to do things on our behalf through our prayers as we learn to know what's on his heart, what's, what he is seeing. And because um, we, we serve a mighty God and he wants to act. He wants to act on our behalf. Yeah. And, and just like the story of Gideon, it doesn't need to be masses of people, does it? He only, needed, he only needs a remnant. He only needs a remnant. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Something just dropped, and I just want to make sure you can still hear me. He only needs a remnant of people who are willing, who are just waiting for him. And, and sometimes the, this battle does not need to be sweat, blood, sweat, and tears. All it needs to be is praise and worship to the Lord and that he can do the rest, because the battle is a spiritual one. So, um, you know, it's a spiritual battle. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly realms, aren't we? And that's the beauty of it. We can make that difference because it's a spiritual battle. These things are taking place are a spiritual... These are just... Manif- the things we see, the evil things, are a manifestation of the things that the, the, the enemy is doing. They're just a manifestation of that. So... Did not the Lord Jesus said that my house should be a house of prayer? Why do you think the Lord was so passionate for his house to be a house of prayer? Why do you think he was so passionate? Because he knew that all, he had all the, all the authority. He held all the authority. And he is just waiting for a group of people who are just willing to go out for him and say, Lord, we want to see justice done. We are petitioning you with our influence of prince and princesses. We want to influence you to see justice done, to see exposure be made, to see your kingdom come. And like I said, so I've said to you that God values us. He does. And as we pray sincerely for the things that are sobering, that are, you know, that are sincere, he wants to, he longs to hear our prayers and he longs to answer our prayers. Doesn't he? That's why he wants us to mature. So we don't ask for baby things, we don't ask, ask for toys. That's why he's looking for mature people, so that we would take on the things of God that which he, that concerns him. Yeah. 
And, it, and it's a joy. It's not hard, honest. It's not hard work. We always think, oh, blood, sweat, and tears. It's not. If you love the Lord Jesus, all you, you know, it starts off with just praising him and worshipping him. And then he can do that work in the heavenly realm because he has his mighty warrior angels ready and waiting to do the battle on our behalf. So, and like I said, this is why he has called the house, the houses of the church to be a house of prayer. And unfortunately, we've lost that in the churches today, haven't we? You know, we've lost that, you know, in terms of the knowledge and the, the reasons why the Lord passionately wanted to see a house of prayer, not just the bless-ups. You know, and this is, you know, and if you, any of you read the book of The Intercessor by Reese House, this is all what I'm saying to you, this is all basically what, I'm summing up basically what the book, the Reese House, the Intercessor, the Reese House, the Intercessor book talks about. It talks about how the, the Lord used his house in mighty works in the Battle of Britain, in Dunkirk, in the, establish, in, in the establishment of Israel. He, 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 God used this man and his, and his people and that remnant, that college, to do mighty things of God. And just like then, he wants to use a remnant of people to do mighty things. So, amen. amen. I hope you're encouraged by that. Mighty men of valour, mighty women of valour, that's whom we are in Christ Jesus. He has saved his best wine to last. You represent his best wine. He has put you here for a purpose because he wants to see the advancement of his kingdom on this earth. He has a mission for each one of us. He wants to see the enemies come broken down. Exposure being made. Jesus being glorified once again. He has saved the best, the likes of you and I. For that purpose. Hallelujah. And all we have to start off with is through worship, through praise, and then he can release his mighty warriors, can't he? Yes. He can release them because more are with him than are with the enemy. So be encouraged and may we be used by God for the advancement of his kingdom. Amen. Amen.